0: What? what an episode. I just have to cut you right off and right It was right amazing. quick.
1: Well, I want to read her bio and then I want you to tell the story yes. of how you met Yelena in the first place because I think it's very funny. Very so,
0: synchronicity yes, And its, its
1: entirety. And then her and I work at Broward together. So a lot of synchronicities There's a, happen. Yeah. We just found out that she lives about 15 minutes from us. We're all going to be fast friends, and that's very exciting. So we just spoke to Yelena Corton, who is a crime scene technician slash investigator, as well as an adjunct professor who teaches CSI. She has her master's in criminal justice and two CSI certifications, and she is in her fourth year as a full-time CSI investigator with the city of Margate.
0: And how we met her is the coolest story. Very, very so, cool. I went to Halloween Horror Nights with my boyfriend and his two siblings. And we were standing in line for one of the houses. And he was teaching his siblings how to do some sort of like a headlock or something like that because he's done wrestling or he's done UFC type fighting stuff. And the guy behind us started laughing and I had made a comment. I'm like, sorry, we're just teaching him how to choke each other out. And he goes, oh, I'm laughing because that's what I do. I teach UFC fighting. So my boyfriend started talking to him. I noticed he was there with his girlfriend and, you know, As one does, I'm very like, okay, the boys are talking. I'm just going to get to know her. You're also
1: a podcast host. So like, yeah, so I just,
0: I was like, let's get to know what's your story. She had a really cool shirt on though. I wish I asked her what it said because I forget, but it was something about like the evidence never lies. It was so different than what I had been seeing. At Halloween Horror Nights, and so I was like, "Oh, I really love your shirt." She's like, "Oh, thanks so much." And I was like, "It's it's very unique." And then she's like, "Well, I'm actually I'm a crime scene in- investigator," and I was like, "Oh my god, CSI!" And like, it just kind of opened the portals to us talking about what she does. I said, "I'm a podcaster." I gave her my card. When I tell you, we had no service in there, and so we screenshotted her information, and I hoped that she was going to add us because. I don't think I I added her. I think she yeah. added us. And she's like, when I get service, I will add you. And I'm like, I'm never going to see this woman again.
1: We've had it happen many a time. And then she
0: added us. And I was like, Emily, I just got a crime scene investigator that's a female for the podcast. And
1: then I reached out. Yeah. And then we started talking. And then I was like, oh, I'm a teacher at Broward. And <laughs> she was like, I'm a, I'm a teacher at Broward. And I was like, what? Wait. Yeah, it was very strange. So lots of synchronicity is super fun. That conversation was a blast. It was very interesting. I've never watched any of those shows you have, yeah, but very different, very Very different different than than the shows which we talk about.
0: But more inspiring. It's actually the excitement of what the shows offer, right? That like kind of adrenaline surge you get when you watch the shows. While it's not the glitz and glamour, you still get that adrenaline surge. I certainly did. It was a really fun
1: conversation. Yeah. I think you'd be a really good makeup person at a funeral home. I think that's a beautiful job.
0: I'm thinking about it now.
1: And it's a really good way to like have a relationship with death.
0: That's actually very true.
1: But we talk about everything, right? We talk about mental health and how she deals with it in this job. We talk about mm-hmm. the CSI effect. We talk about our favorite part of the job. We have some really, really cool listener questions and not to give too much away, but we talk about the difference between blood and so it was a great time. There you go.
0: There you go. What What's not to love about that?
1: That's the title of the what episode. It's going to be so bleeped in the beginning of this. It's going to be crazy. Just the episode <laughs> title is going to be bleeped too.
0: Let's get into it. We hope you guys enjoy this episode because we certainly did. And I really think you're in for a, a very, very big treat. So on to the episode. Welcome to Break the Cycle. We are your cycle breakers and hosts, Emily Palacios and Stephanie LaVerdi. We are here to have honest and thought-provoking conversations that inspire you to break the cycle of generational traumas, mental health, societal pressures, women's health, toxic relationships, and most importantly, make our 15-year-old selves proud of the person we have become. In each episode, we will be joined by an expert to empower you through education, and at the end of each episode, answer questions or advice sent in by you, our listeners. So get ready to take the first step in your journey to break the cycle.
1: I'm really excited to have you here. This is a very interesting career that you have and do. So I always like to start at the beginning of somebody's story, because I think it's very interesting to find out how we got here. So I want to know what made you get into this field. Gotcha. Well, first, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure being here. But overall,
2: I guess I, I have my parents to thank for that. When I was really little, around like maybe 13, 12 years old, they had put me into a karate school and one of my instructors happened to be a homicide detective and for some reason I became fascinated with his stories and like everything that he would tell us and I told myself man I gotta be a detective in the future but then once I grew a little older and started to hear more about like I would have to become an officer then detective and all that I was like yeah that's not the life for me what else can I do can I support in any way and I found the realm of crime scene and I was like yeah, this this is it for me. And since then, my parents would like put me in different programs, camps and stuff that were CSI related. Of course, we all watched like CSI Miami and all that jazz too, which developed even more into the love of the realm. So yeah,
1: that was, that was one of my first baby steps into it and I never changed my mind since. <laughs> That's amazing. And what an amazing career for that man too. <laughs> part-time yeah, karate Jojo, part-time homicide detective. Yeah. <laughs> He's like a superhero, a real life superhero.
0: (laughs) It almost sounds fake
1: yeah I know (laughs) I wonder if he gave you like secret identity names or something he was like I'm actually this person
2: I don't remember but man it was it was good times good times I don't do martial arts anymore
1: but (laughs) that's okay you have that background though that's amazing Yeah. did you do like I'm sure you know they had all of those when we were growing up at those like mail away kits that you know your parents paid money for a year and then they would give you and mail you like the supplies that you needed yeah it would be like a book club or something like that but I'm sure they they had a detective kit
2: they had a science one with like different science experiments and stuff and of course the magnifying glass to try to find fingerprints and all that so yeah it was
0: great. <laughs> i i used to always do the so i got really into csi las vegas that was my big one i have yes up to i think up to seven or eight seasons on dvd if you can nice. even believe it <laughs> and i used to play it was a game that you could play online and I, man, I thought I was so cool. I was like, oh, yeah, look at me unearthing these fingerprints. Like, I'm
2: not going to lie. When I found out that CSI Miami was fake when I was younger, I was like,
0: what? There's no way. It's a TV show. I, this is what I want to do. Heartbroken. You're yes. like, no, wait. <laughs> so what you're saying is it I mean is, there's got to be some similarities. What are some of the similarities? Is there anything that you can that's attest to it being the same?
1: Yeah, and then how do people like approach it then when they're talking about it with you? They probably think yeah. that they're like experts on it as well.
2: Oh goodness, yes, that does happen often. Yeah it's quite funny but obviously you try your best not to approach it in like in a negative way but yeah. I guess one of the more prominent things that they show on like the fake versions of the TV is like DNA or fingerprint related stuff how we can like magically get a hit the same day within the 25 minute TV show non-existent so I have to explain like no you don't get like a full print every single time most of the time you get a
0: smudge that has nothing on there so there's a big difference and also so can I ask because sometimes when you watch that show, you're like, their hair is down, it's luxuriant. And I'm like, there's got, there's no way. There's got to be some sort of like protocol so that you're not got the glasses on, right? Yes. Yeah, you so you're not like, anything. yeah. So you're not contaminating evidence. Is that a thing? Like where you have to like have your hair pulled back and like gloves and stuff? Cause like some of these shows, it's- it just feels so unreal. She's in like no, totally dramatized. Pumps.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, that never happens. We definitely don't wear eight inch pumps
1: on scene we're wearing <laughs> good to know regular your feet probably really appreciate that
2: <laughs> oh yes totally that would be awful <laughs> but no we wear a regular uniform overall and here in the heat if we need to like wear full we call them bunny suits they're ppe or personal protective equipment and you wear that over your entire uniform so you're covered in like sweat while you know processing a scene or something like that yeah some people wear glasses if, if we're outside somewhere maybe even a hat But nothing that would affect your processing or cross-contaminate anything. Like we always have our gloves on, full gear, even the respirators, if it's like a, this is going to sound funny to say, but decomp, do you guys know what that is?
0: Yes decomposition of a body
2: when a person hasn't been found for a while the smell and and visualization of that is pretty rampant so we wear our respirator as well just in case
0: in makeup school we had to look up real life when we were doing special effects we had to look up real life like bullet wounds and dead bodies and things like that and they were like because you if you want to be able to do these things you have to know what it looks like and so we got very familiar with those words because that was one of the things was like possibly doing it for a TV show or something like that. Right. So yeah, I'm happy to hear that you guys are in the safety zone with that. I can imagine it's, <laughs> yes. it's not quite as sexy a PPE no. here, but it's certainly much safer. So that's that's a good thing. So how does- Oh, I had, some, I had a story. Oh, go ahead, go oh, ahead. yeah,
1: yeah. I, it's funny that you mentioned crime scene photos because it brought back and jogged a memory of me in London when I studied abroad. In one of my classes there was like dramatizing your own show. And the premise that this teacher came up with was us looking at crime scene photos from like the 1800s. Yeah. And we had to come up with backstories of these characters and interweave them into a like a a one act. And so that's funny that we all have that I mean that's what you do with your life but Stephanie and I have that connection
2: that's interesting overall I will say though in comparison to the TV shows then to now the showcase of what crime scene is has improved so I'm I am happy about that because yeah one thing that the previous shows used to show is that one individual does it all where in reality there's a specific person for each role that does separate things entirely and at the end we come together <laughs>
1: so that's uh that's the big under unveiling that I do for my students in theater appreciation they're like it's just one person doing everything right and I'm like no no there's a team of people working right. backstage <laughs> together collaborating to create the thing that we're seeing it's not one person's in charge that would be crazy and that person would be just I mean burnt I, out. They w- yeah they wouldn't yes. sleep they would just be a-, a shell of
0: themselves so what would you say is your favorite part of the job then
2: my favorite part it might sound cliche but to be honest I love the The fact that I can, it's going to be a bad day if I come to any scene, right? Someone's having a bad day, regardless of what it is that's going on. And for me, very true. If I could help alleviate anything by finding something that could help solve the case or by at least bringing some sort of closure to a family member or friends, I find that amazing. It's very heartwarming, especially with the various
0: type of cases that we deal with overall. So that would probably be my favorite thing. So then kind of on the flip side of it, what would be the hardest part about your job?
2: In the same realm, actually, hearing a family member weep, the mothers especially, can be very touching. And I will say over time, you do get used to coming to various type of scenes. And over time, you do kind of get desensitized to certain things. But there's always that one case. There's always that one individual that may affect you differently. Mm -hmm. And you, you try your best not to take it home of course yeah. but you know if you need to sit somewhere else or sit in my van like i do and take like a usa before going back to try and help in any yeah. way i can that's i
0: mean it is what it is what i gotta do so do you and your co-workers ever use like dark humor on the side to cope
2: absolutely yes okay that's 100%. good the, Like you're like god
0: oh, we got a crier you know like <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah i have so one of the ones that i find i mean it sounds funny, but I'm not trying to, I guess, narrow it down to anything sad or specific. But we did discover a body once in like a canal. And I was like, Oh, we have a floater. That's kind of cool. And I was like, Oh, shit, I should not have said that out loud. I, don't, I didn't mean it in like a bad way. I was like, Oh, this is just interesting. It's different, you know? Yeah,
0: because right, you're so in a way you're removed from it. And you're kind of almost looking at it from a perspective of like, there's such a double edged sword to it. Because yeah, you've gone to school for this, you've trained for mm-hmm. this. So for you, you're like whoa this is not cool but this is fascinating and exciting and what I've trained for but on the flip side you know my boy is dead in the canal it's like yeah (laughs) he's not having such a great time you know so it's it's I can imagine that that's you have to almost disassociate in order to do that job
2: that's a big thing yeah for sure it's something that you learn while you're in the job. I, I wouldn't yeah. even say you learn it while you're going through school because in school, you just see photographs, right? Yeah. It's completely different than being in person in front of whatever is going
0: on. And yeah, eventually you learn to cope with it, but you still hope to solve it. <laughs> the case. Kind of side question, because I'm, I'm basing a lot of some of these questions off of the fact that like uh, oh <laughs> avid God. CSI watcher. No, <laughs> uh, like I'm an avid CSI watcher. So like mm-hmm. I want to know, I want to really break it down. I want the illusion. I want to pull that curve and down. <laughs> Do you have like certain coroners that you work with when you find a body, or is it just kind of whoever's closest to the scene? Or do you have like a an in house or like group or place? That's a fantastic question. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a great question. That's a fantastic
2: question. So I will actually say in Florida we do not have coroners. So there's two types: there's the coroners and the medical examiners. So in Florida we have medical examiners. They um... (laughs) you're good. Swore in my own
0: podcast. even remember my own rules
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh man well the medical examiner they go to school they have their training they kind of go through like nursing school they do their whatever it is that they like ah, oh my god i forgot the word their specializations when they go and they study alongside the nurses and then they move into like the autopsy world and learning how to discover the time of death or mechanism of death overall whereas the coroner is someone who's appointed that position that doesn't necessarily mean they don't have the same education they could very well have the same education it's just one's appointed and one is i applied for the job and i got the job based off of my qualifications and it's actually an entirely separate department so with my unit or my department overall we don't have an in-house medical examiner they travel from their own facility to our scenes Depending on what it is that happened, and they assist alongside us. While their main focus is the body, my
0: main focus is the entire scene and the body. So that's kind of like the difference between the two. You make it sound so like your enthusiasm for it makes me like, because I wanted to go to school. Definitely it's going to be in your class next semester. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) No, I I wanted so bad to like, that is what I wanted to do. Because the same thing, I used to watch CSI, I had relatives who are in the field, and I was like, oh my God, that's what I want to do. And then I, I understood what you had to go through for it. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Your enthusiasm is kind of, it's kind of like almost bringing that back a little bit. There's a part of me that's like, join my class anytime. (laughs) Dust off my old DVDs. Yeah. Because I can imagine that if you like solving puzzles, Mm -hmm. it's kind of got to be in the same realm. Like, do you remember (laughs) that? Do you remember I Spy?
2: Yes, I'm so happy you said that. I used to play those <laughs> all the time. I loved it.
0: <laughs> I had the online version of it. I had yes. the like the little CD you could put. And I loved it because I love solving a problem. And so I feel like that is exactly what you're doing is you're going in and you're solving like you're kind of putting all of the pieces together right it's so i had some questions because of what
1: your question was actually yeah, go ahead. so like what makes a crime scene a crime scene like who is dedicating the fact that something has happened a crime, that has, a, a crime happened. has occurred right whatever i'm just <laughs> thinking of michael scott now yeah. is that yes. what he does right <laughs> when he goes to audition he does like the first 30 minutes of the episode he goes through the whole thing for his audition anyway if you've never watched The Office spoiler but also I have not. what are you doing with your should. life oh yeah. it is so good you have to it's watch really it it's really good it's really good
2: I would say it all starts with the victim so they would have noticed something wrong to keep it simple and and yeah. PG for example if their vehicle was stolen overnight because they accidentally
1: left their keys in the car don't do that everyone That's, does oh, that th- don't leave that your sounds keys in like the car. my that sounds <laughs> like my father he didn't leave his keys in the car but about three or four christmases ago he did leave his windows rolled down and somebody broke into his car because he literally his windows were rolled down and his car was unlocked i mean he was inviting them into the car he said right. come on in criminals it's okay <laughs> no worries here take that social security card and my driver's license all the credit cards right yeah, there that's for another you another
2: thing don't leave personal artifacts in your vehicle just don't <laughs> but it starts Papa with Steve, them. that
1: one's for you <laughs>
2: It starts with them calling, you know, the police department and having a first responder respond first. I'm not a first responder. We like to call ourselves the last responder because we're there at the very end. So they do their initial overall. They gather the information, they secure the vehicle, secure the scene, make sure there's no like witnesses or subjects or victims within the scene, live victims, I should say. And then we get called and from mm. there they allow us the information allow us to enter we figure out whether or not we need a warrant to enter and we go from there
0: how long have you been at a crime scene before like what's the longest you've Ooh, ever been a at a crime scene That's a great question
2: scene? almost 24 hours
0: <laughs> No kidding what do you that's sleep That's a lot in your of car?
2: coffee <laughs> sleep I don't know what that
0: is oh you so you just you just stay awake and like yeah. nap in between or like how does if that I need work to,
1: at my office and just put my head down fall asleep
0: no kidding yeah That's I wonder crazy. if people
1: like in the I just thought of this because it brought a memory from the morning show so spoilers if you also haven't watched that but in a scene <laughs> one of the girls who's a news reporter and they're up you know constantly because the news never stops the world is continuously happening she takes an Adderall and offers it to one of the other girls. I guess it's not much of a spoiler, but anyway, she does that. And I'm wondering too, if like people also are just like, popping Adderalls to like help them stay up in certain Maybe. situations because I mean besides caffeine and I don't know a really good <laughs> person esthetician to make you look alive and well uh, <laughs> Right
2: for yeah. me it's monster monster energy drinks I oh. drink those all the time mm, there
0: you go yeah. so, Stephanie's a Celsius gal but I also like I've been dipping my toes into Red Bull lately which has been weird I mean right as of right currently I can't even get caffeine into my system because my body is just like hey, Yeah, (laughs) we're not feeling well. No coffee. Yeah. So based
2: off of that, though, so I guess to provide a little more context in my department, there's only two of us. So it's myself and one other person. So if something happens, like something major happens, we're both out there and we're both struggling and, you know, trying to one is sleeping while the other one's doing the rest. The other one comes in. We kind of just play off of whatever we have going on.
0: (laughs) I'm sure at a certain point you are just so exhausted. You want to go home. Yeah. How do you pull from the depths to like keep going.
2: It's just the drive of wanting to, for one, get things done, but get things done efficiently and where I'm covering all my bases, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the second would be just trying to find whatever it is that I need to connect the dots to help aid my detectives further their investigation to solve The overall case if it's a mystery actually fun fact most cases are not a mystery i went into this thinking that they would be but more often than not it's someone nearby someone you know right it's very especially in today's era with all the surveillance and all the connectivity we have it's a lot harder for it to be like a random serial type of thing I'm not saying they don't happen right but at least in like the smaller cities it's usually always someone close by or that you may know
0: my one friend is uh she's a hardcore true crime advocate And she listens to all of the podcasts. And so naturally, I got roped into it as well. And most of the time, it's like these really traumatic things that they're talking about. Mm -hmm. But that's not really something that you experience. It's more just kind of -of run-of-the-mill stuff that you're coming up against, though, yeah?
2: Yeah, we do have some, like, homicides every so often. that are are more traumatic than others. Anything involving a child is, of course, also very traumatic. Anything. That would absolutely
0: kill me. That would murder me. No, (laughs) it's disturbing. It's super disturbing. So like, how do you deal mentally with those emotions that come along with that?
2: It could be a lot. It really can. I mentioned earlier that you do get desensitized overall. So I try my best to just think that this is my job. I was basically born to do this. or At least I like to believe I was born to do this because not a lot of people can, you know, see what we see overall, and every day for that matter, but being able to detach helps. Having a good support system overall at home and at the police department is amazing as well. We do have, especially with anything that involves children, we do have a therapist that does come to the PD to talk to all of us. That's what I was going to say is
0: I'm I'm sure you have some form of, of therapy that you have to go through for that.
2: Absolutely. For me, it's my my fiancé. He's my, my biggest
1: therapist, but... <laughs> Sometimes they're the best
0: listeners. So now I'm thinking about it and I'm like, yeah, that's true. I don't know if I got the stomach for that because my boyfriend likes to go down the rabbit hole on Reddit of like real messed up stuff. Yeah. And he's like, oh, my God. And I was like, what are you looking at? And he's like, I'm just watching this video of this jealous guy or a guy woman cheated on her husband. He set up a camera, came into the room, tried to stab her. The cheating partner moved out of the way. He ran out the door. The husband grabbed the woman and started just stabbing. To death. And I. Crime of passion. Crime of passion. And I was, and I was so like, just even thinking about it makes (laughs) me feel so uncomfortable. Like, so is that stuff that they show you where they're like, you need to get comfortable looking at this stuff?
2: Like during school? Yeah. Yeah, I would say they keep it a little more clean in school. So you kind
0: of see the aftermath. You don't really see what happened.
2: Well, if there's surveillance and I need to see the surveillance to kind of see where the subjects walked or what they touched, I will view the surveillance. Mm, If I don't need to, I usually opt not to because for some reason, this is going to sound weird, seeing the action happen affects me a lot more than the aftermath. So the aftermath of it all, it's already done right and I look at this and I'm like wow this is interesting because now I get to kind of connect all the pieces and figure out what happened overall it sucks that this happened but now my job is here I'm ready I'm I can yeah. focus on what I need to to solve it but if I see the action happening itself I'm kind of like oh,
0: I don't want to see that I don't yeah say that. <laughs> yeah it I started I actually started crying <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. I mean like, Are you, I'm you okay? Human. And I'm like <laughs> I poor woman. Yeah. It was I was like, please don't ever send me that stuff again. I asked to see it too. I was like, send it to me. And he's like, Are You sure? Never again. Emily shakes my head. brain.
2: <laughs> I get curious every now and then. And, and yeah. If
1: I need to, I will, but I try my best to stay away if I don't have That's to.
0: That's probably smart. That's probably what helps you disassociate a little bit more from it. Yeah, because
1: you're you're separate you're literally separating yourself yourself from, from the, yeah. the event. Right? right. You're just there to kind of fill out the clue. Not to see the thing and be invested, then that makes sense to me, right? Same with, I'm not sure if.
2: I can say this or not, just overall for your podcast, but anything that involves like sex crimes is also something where Mm. I'm just like, no, I don't want to see it. Like, yeah, good without seeing it. (laughs) Yeah, well,
0: that's I I can imagine that. I mean, can't even go there. Yeah, But it's (laughs) it's one of those that's incredibly difficult. So question then, kind of in conjunction with that, do you speak, so if the victim is still alive, how does that work in more of a domestic? So let's say someone gets essayed. Are you the one that takes samples from them? Like is, is that your job to do or is that somebody else's job to do? Also, can you Very verify what
1: essayed means for somebody who does not watch SCSI Miami?
0: That's that's just a term in general, but that's sexual assault. Oh, okay. Yeah, I say that as like a, it's a gentler way of saying it. Yeah.
2: So yes and no. It kind of depends on what's going on because the person had just, has just gone through or has gone through something extremely traumatic. If they're open with consent and and they allow me to do what I need to, to help them through all the process, I will. If not, we do have an entire separate entity that takes care of that as well on a different occasion or a different day once things have calmed down a little bit. We do try to, if I'm there with the victim, I do try to elaborate on the importance of certain things, but at the end of the day, it's up to them and with their consent is the only way that I can further on and do anything.
0: Do what you need to do. So you said that you have a partner that you work with. Is the partner male or female? Female. Oh, that's that's really cool. Surprisingly,
2: you guys are going to love this. Surprisingly, I can only speak in Broward, but surprisingly, There's a lot more females in crime scene positions than
0: there are males.
1: That's very interesting. We're nosy. Well, (laughs) because
0: yeah, we're nosy. Do you know how many times I've looked up someone with a name and like half of a license plate number, and I've got your like whole life story? And I'm like,
1: Stephanie's a great
0: stalker. He dated a girl (laughs) named Jennifer in the third grade when internet wasn't even around. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. (laughs) It makes a lot of sense.
1: (laughs) But it's interesting because I. I went and I looked up like what the ratio was too and the stats that I found were about 40% female and about 60% yeah. male so oh, it is very okay. interesting
0: is that overall or was that's that overall
1: in- yeah that, that was overall General. Gotcha. but okay. I think it is interesting especially in Florida in a space in a state that you know women are looked at in a certain way that we would have more women doing this because I don't know even got in some the backwards classrooms,
2: people. I see more more females than I do males as well. I don't know why that is, but hey, I'm here for it. More power to us. (laughs)
0: You know what? I my theory, not that anyone asked, but I think it's just because I've noticed, especially with the rise of social media, is that women are just so I think unbelievably afraid of Mm. dating and like, yeah, just life in general, being a female sometimes is very scary. And so I think that's that's a good way of being able to like keep your eye open for anything suspicious. Like I can imagine where that would come from, where someone's like, I'm going into this because I'm never going to get taken advantage of. I want to be the one. It's like it's a very powerful Position to be in. Right.
2: I can agree with that. Yeah, for sure. So,
0: how do you feel? Well, I guess you're mostly, I don't know if you've experienced this at all, but then how do you feel as a woman in what is considered a more male-dominated field?
1: Or when you're dealing with like male police officers at a crime Mm, scene, like are they looking down at you because you are a woman coming in and they're like, don't forget to do that. It's always my (laughs) assumption of like old white men is that they sound like that.
2: Very good question too. I will say now I have none of those feelings because we're kind of like a big happy family and we've gotten all to know each other and we work cohesively very well at the beginning though and I was green as they like to call it and I didn't have my stripes mm-hmm. yet I did have some hurdles right where someone would be like that's not how you process a fingerprint I'm like well sir I went to school for like three years and got my master's and all these certificates and stuff where's your rap sheet <laughs> yeah but on scene I have no hesitation when it comes to putting my foot down if I know something needs to be done like I'm here for the victim and the victim only I don't care if you're my boss and I say that lightly because my bosses are amazing they're they're really good at listening to my recommendations or even my coworkers' recommendations but yeah it just kind of grew into something where don't mess with them they know what they're doing just leave them alone you'll well, be that's, fine. <laughs> is
0: it you build I can imagine that you build trust with one another and yeah. so they know when they call you in They don't have to micromanage you or look over your shoulder overseas. Like, why call somebody in you feel like you can't trust to get the job done? That doesn't make any sense.
1: Right, right. So how are you fostering the females and other students in your classroom because you and I happen to just work at the same school so how are you doing that another crazy whole thing in this whole story but how are you fostering their want and desire to go into this field I give it to them straight to be honest everybody because
2: this is not a field where I like to sugarcoat certain things because you're going into something that's going to impact you quite literally for the rest of your life regardless if you do it for one year or two years the things you see and hear will affect you, period. So when I'm in front of the classroom and I'm teaching and I'm sharing the stories, I let loose. Because I remember when I was going through school, my teachers were kind of a little more reserved with certain information that they would give, which which I understand that tactic, but this is not that field. <laughs> it's just not. Yeah. You, have to, you have to be able to break through to the students and really get them to understand that what they're stepping into is something that's more than just them loving CSI shows or loving being a part of the fields or loving science or math. It's a lot more than that because you're touching a lot of people. So that's my approach
1: usually with them. <laughs> that's amazing. It's really important. It's a big key element, I think, to a good teacher is, is telling things straight. The
0: way it is. Well, yeah. you, ha- you have to because give those kids a chance to say, ooh maybe this isn't for me because right. wonder if they go through all of this schooling and they're like ah damn this yeah. is not what i thought it was going to be as and opposed that's the to the last thing
2: i want for them
0: right you build that trust mm-hmm. that it's that trust yeah
2: i also i also share with them that crime scene is not the only position right so mm. you can be crime scene you can do blood spatter analysis you can be a fingerprint analyst you can do shooting reconstruction you can work in the labs there's so many like crime scene
1: encompasses if stephanie had a time machine she'd go back <laughs> she right now <go> back.
0: <laughs> i mean i don't know i feel like it's never too late you know i could no, turn it not. all around
1: it really isn't hey you can if be they need a makeup class. artist to like do the reek you know the reenactments of it, Stephanie is there.
2: You know, there's a position for that in the in the funeral homes that morticians yeah. often reconstruct.
0: Yeah. You reconstruct, rebuild again. Yeah I've, yeah, I've looked into that because to me, not saying that I've dealt with a ton of death, but I've dealt with my fair share of it to where mm-hmm. if you have an open casket, that's that last, oh, I feel like I could just, cry talking about this, but like that's a chance for all their loved ones to say goodbye to them. And so right. if you can get them as close to how they looked, like my grandma was very sick before she passed and they actually did a really good job with her. And the only Aww. thing they missed was her nails. They painted them purple and she would have never painted them purple. I would have gotten press-ons, would have gotten long red ones because that's what she did. And she always had long nails but she bit them off in the end. But yeah, it's like it's nice to know that there are are different avenues that someone can go down because right. that's the truth is this kind of recalls the beginning of the episode. One person doesn't do all of that. Right. There are so many different, it's like you have the tree trunk and then you have all the little branches so you can find what feels good to you within that field and then you, you kind of start from there. I think it's awesome. I mean, you you had me at blood spatter analysis. I was like, <laughs> I'm in. I'm in.
1: That's my next goal. That's my next goal. We're, we're shooting for that. <laughs> is that like a certificate, like a separate certificate that you have to get to Absolutely. be able to do that? Yeah. Yeah. That's so That's fun. I
2: share this with the students all the time too. There's this organization 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 called the iai so it's the international association for identification and it's basically a national location where they have various trainings testings and stuff for various levels of individuals from crime scene to blood spatter shooting reconstruction and they're all based off of hours and then you gain your certificate from there where you specialize in that field and now you can say in your department hey i'm also a blood spatter specialist so if you need me on any scenes for this specifically call me out i'm here
1: for
0: you. That's super cool.
1: Well, I mean, I have a question about blood spatter from a, a, a listener. So I feel like I should just go right into it. Let's do All it. Right. <laughs> well, we'll we'll start here. I'm gonna have to whatchamacallit, call it bleep myself. So apologies. How do you determine the difference between blood and
2: very good question. So when you approach a scene and there is a red stain on the floor, so I'm going to be using keywords, right? Because I can't assume whether it's blood or sh- right? One of the things that we do is we have a test called the phenolphthalein test. And it's a fancy word for various chemicals that we use. So we collect a swab, we collect a sample of the red stain and utilizing those chemicals, depending on whether or not it is blood or it'll react a certain way. So it'll turn pink if it's blood. And if it's not, blood, it won't turn pink at all. So that's the oh, science portion of
0: it. I am so proud of myself because I knew what that was when you said it. So I was just sitting oh, there I was like, yeah, again, I, I'm telling you, it's this another is like life. a side it's a side passion of mine. I love maybe you were love everything a do with
1: CSI it. person in another
0: life. I mean probably. Listen, I I could probably be uh maybe you were Sherlock Holmes. It. You know what? <laughs> oh I, I do have an affinity for too. mustaches. Great show. It's so good. So <laughs> (laughs) good the movies too (laughs) yes
1: all right so next question don't know if you can answer this one but what is the craziest thing you have ever found at a crime scene
2: craziest thing Mm. (laughs) well (laughs) I have found which is I don't know if it's surprising or not but it's surprising when you pull a drawer and you find some interesting trinkets that individuals Mm. like to use Kind of spread around if you kind of catch my drift of where it's going. So I have seen various sizes.
0: My Lord. Yeah. (laughs)
2: It's
0: in like a glass case, just like displayed with a placard.
2: I'm like, keep it clean.
0: Oh, yeah. I accidentally opened a friend's drawer one time because I was trying to find, I don't know, I think I was trying to find like a charger or something. I was just like, oh, maybe it's in the drawer. It's just like a full drawer. And I'm like, whoopsies, let me just shut that. I was like, my Lord. (laughs) When I
1: had COVID and I was staying at my mom's in New York, I opened her drawer. I don't remember for what reason, but her and her boyfriend were out of town. And I was like, I need to find something. And I opened it and I regret it. I mean, I still (laughs) like, yeah, Yeah. I I black that out. I try not to forget. or remember what I saw there that day, but hopefully COVID <laughs> took away most of that from my memory. I would say that r- was rough.
2: probably, and it happens more often than not, but it's always
1: like a fun little thing to see. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, whoops. Okay. Let's put that back. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Listen, that's why you don't open somebody else's drawer, I guess. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. I got another one. Do they actually draw a chalk outline around a body? very good question. Short answer, no.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So that was like a super old technique when we didn't have the technology that we have today. Because when the body was removed by body removal, the detectives needed to kind of visualize where the body would have been. But nowadays with Cameras, videos, surveillance, it's no longer a process that's needed. And it actually causes a lot of cross contamination because now you're introducing a chalk into yeah. a scene where that chalk never existed and you're cross contaminating things that could have been maybe the one item or the one DNA or the one spec fiber, the one fingerprint you needed to solve
1: the case. I have one more. What are your favorite methods for searching a crime scene?
2: So I would say one of the first things I like to do overall is I. I like to conduct a walkthrough of the scene with an officer or detective who has information about the scene overall just to kind of get a general aspect of how big the scene is or what areas I can or cannot go into and then from there I go into my photography so I start taking my overall photographs of an entire room starting at each corner then I merge into my mid-range photos which is kind of like a halfway point between you and whatever object you're photographing and then your close-up which is like a direct 90 90- degree photograph of whatever that object is. And after I'm doing that process is when I start my search of like digging in through cabinets and stuff I try not to disrupt anything beforehand to get it as is and then once I'm done with that portion I go in I pull the drawers take some more photographs and search for whatever may be missing or not present so that's my my method <laughs> that it amazing
0: do you ever get like creative with the photos like you're, you're like oh my photo skills or is it just pretty like straightforward
2: I would say the creativeness comes into when you're in a very small area and you have to kind of figure out how I'm going to step over over something right or someone to try to get the shot <laughs> so and that's it yeah yeah could you imagine the body's just laying you're like yeah, I'm like, like sorry bad. gotta cross over you and then
0: so this is just a curiosity yeah. question feel free you don't have to answer this do you ever if you're on a homicide case do you ever like talk to the body like <laughs> all the time Does yeah okay I, I would feel like, I would definitely do that. I feel like I would I'd be like come on man tell me what happened here all I know the time. you got something for me yeah absolutely. you're just hopeful absolutely that, like who knows in that maybe, moment they, yeah
2: yeah maybe absolutely. they
0: send you a sign I also
2: have that weird fear I know it will never happen Well, never say never but I also have that weird fear that someone's going to come back as like a zombie while I'm taking photographs and I'm just like oh don't, my don't do god
0: that. I dude yes that it's like dinosaurs twisters and zombies yes the big three for me is what I'm afraid of.
2: (laughs) Actually, when I first got hired on my first deceased body, uh, Uh when I was taking my photographs of them at a 90 degree angle, I had a dream when I came back home because it was my first body overall. And in that dream, I was in that same position taking a photograph of them and suddenly their eyes just opened I'm like (gasps) oh no I dropped the camera on them like and started running but that was just in my dreams
0: (laughs) yeah well I'm sure you wake up from that and you're like oh god
2: yeah now I'm fine now it's like do you ever
0: like do you ever have a dream like because you, you're looking at all of this you're processing all of this so your brain is is going to process it when you go to sleep do you ever piece something together in your dream or kind of have like an aha moment and then you wake up and you're like hmm?
2: I wouldn't say in my dreams but sometimes like when I'm just casually cooking or at home and I'm thinking about the case and the details of what happened, I may be like oh okay I should try that next when I go back yeah to or if the you're doing something thing yeah
0: it'll trigger you to think like huh see that's why like for me I don't know that I could ever turn it off like how do you turn it off because you go home you're still
2: it's hard you overanalyze everything god bless my fiance because I'm always like why <laughs> did you say it like that like is there a reason you placed it over here not over there like what's going on
0: <laughs> yeah oh I do that and I I'm not even in school for this so <laughs> but he's a good sport maybe about it, so. maybe it's time maybe it's time well this was amazing yeah. this was nothing short of incredible I'm so glad that we finally made this happen if you yeah. listen to our opening you know our whole story and how we got here. We obviously know where to find you. We're very excited about people listening to this episode. And I am So, very sure they're going to want to know where to find you. So, where can people find you? And do you have anything coming up that we should keep our eyes open for?
2: So, I work in Margate. So, you can often find me patrolling the streets. Well, not literally patrolling the streets, but running around solving crimes, hopefully, in Margate. Good way to reach me. Yeah. (laughs) Good way to reach me if you have any. Oh, thank you. If you have any questions and stuff, would be with my email. I totally don't mind sharing that because I love sharing information and knowledge with anyone who has questions so you can reach me at y at margatefl.com so it's y-c-o-r-t-o-n at margatefl.com. And then as far as cool projects, I think the most stressful projects I have going on right now is planning a wedding. So we'll see how that goes.
1: You're going to be great. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't do it the way that you want to do it. Your parents are going to have their ideas. I I mean, we can sit and talk about that forever because I learned all the lessons. That's
0: right. (laughs) That's right. Thank you so much. For this, I really what a this small was very world. enjoyable.
2: I know, appreciate it. And if you guys personally ever have any questions or want to know
1: more, like please feel free to reach out. I, I well, I wanna, I wanna sit down for lunch with
0: you since we both work at yeah. Broward. Yeah, why not?
2: Sure. <laughs> for sure, I don't mind.
0: Thank you so much for this. I really appreciate it. We always say time is more, more precious than money because you can't ever get it back. Right. Um. So thank you for spending some time with us and kind of opening the door and dropping the. Video to what the world of crime scene investigation really is. Yeah, my pleasure. Super appreciate it. Yeah. And if you don't know who we are, we are Break the Cycle. That's right. You can find out more about us at www.cyclechats.com. We are indeed a part of the Cycle Chats Network. And as we now like to say, we hope you continue to sync up with us.